Unless you've done that work, you don't realize how much of a hold it has over you and how powerless you are. And then, so so then it's until you've done that, you realize, man, I'm at my wit's end. Like I'm, I'm at, there is no more rope. And I, and you have, and God, you are my only chance. <laughs> and so as you're pointing out, like, yeah, you don't come over here and say, hey, andale. I'm sitting across a Father Joe, a Catholic priest. Yeah, and I'm sitting across Oscar, a Catholic layman, husband slash father. So, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to um, part two. Part two. Of this is our first part two session. So we're kind of like, well, no, we had things that kind of led up to it, I think. But this is the first time we've divided something, um, split it into into objectively two different podcasts, uh, because this very much is a part two of our of our last conversation. Excuse me. Looking at the um, addictive nature. Of sin. of sin or kind of just like these parallels of, of of sin and our response to it and how the 12-step program used by people who have addictions over alcohol narcotics sex uh sexual all kinds of things yeah um how they use this 12-step program and so we're kind of looking at these parallels um last episode i think we had said something to the effect of that we don't want to to, to please do not think that we're trying to um, minimize or make little of serious addictions yes. and 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 how they are fundamental. So we're not saying that someone that suffers from alcoholism is like somebody that you know can't say no to a Snickers bar. That's not yeah. what we're trying to say. We're just, again we're just looking at parallels and how um, the twelve step program can kind of give us a model or reflects uh, the Christian response to sin yes okay and we were on step uh seven yeah so last we'll time we went into through, it yeah okay so steps number seven is that we humbly or, or maybe i should, re- should recap the, the last six yes real quick, let's right? do that yeah. and then we'll get into okay seven. so step one was we admit that we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable and so when it comes to sin we were saying that basically we realize something's wrong Yes. Right. Sin, we feel it. Something's wrong. Yeah. Our relationships are messed up. Uh, we feel like we're at, we're kind of like floating around. That is kind of the way people kind of describe it sometimes, especially when they come in and yeah. going to confession for the first time in 20 years. I'm, like I'm feeling When this. people come in and say that, I haven't gotten a confession in 20 years. Usually I won't say it at the beginning, but at the end I'll say, okay, so why now? Yeah. What made you come after 20 years? Um, and it's always really interesting to hear their responses, right? Sure. Sometimes, sometimes it's like they ask us to be padrinos to someone, <laughs> and it's like, like I wish it was something deeper, right? But that's fine. God uses that. Um, other times, it's like I just realize that I'm unhappy or what have you. And so it's always interesting to hear people's responses to why are you going to confession for the first time in 20 years? Yeah. But sometimes you'll see kind of this reflected, right? We admit we were powerless over alcohol or whatever it is that our lives have become unmanageable. Step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, right? Recognizing that I can't fix this. Someone else can. Yeah. And that is God, God, right? That there is a God and 
it's not me, yeah. right? Okay. Yes. There is a God and it's not me. I want that to, I want that to be a slogan for people. There is a God and it's is not it, me. Did someone say it? You read it to Yeah, someone okay. much smarter than me said it. I don't know who. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I stole that from someone definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think it's a great little slogan. Yeah. I think I wish everyone kind of lived their lives by it, right? There is a God and it's not me. Uh, it would help a lot. Uh, step three was we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And I think you had talked about how this surrender is um, the tougher part. Like you could come to a conclusion that, hey, you know what? I can't fix it. But surrendering that, that is a big decision. Right. It's yeah. It's not enough to just recognize it now. Like now that now there's something that I got to do about it. And that's that's a hard thing to do. Definitely. Uh, step four is made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And we, to that we talked about examination of conscience. I reference the. Um, a book why the question and kind of getting to yeah, start yeah, asking questions right, yeah, right? right so right. taking an account right um, which led into five that you said i actually jumped into that because the exact nature right no good one yeah it says admit to god to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs and yeah that's right you had kind of started saying like well for me it's helpful to kind of go why 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 and you're going to deeper deeper levels and you're kind of discovering not just surface area this is wrong and i feel bad about it but like why you know, like what is where where is the where's the missing what's the bolt that made this all kind of start sometimes that apart? why just to add there's like a why that we don't want to hear so for example like uh social media right uh for me it's like oh i get connected like to it i don't want to be that connected okay why okay i have access to it 24 7 okay why you have a phone and then that's where like do i get rid of the phone like you get, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it it gets to points where you might not want to hear and that's when it leads to six. Uh, yeah, number six. We were were in, uh, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Yeah. So now it, there's Once now you rubber, rubber hits the road. Right yeah. now, um, things are going to have to change, and there's going to be things that are going to, um, yeah, things are going to change, and there's going to be things that I'm going to miss. Um, when it comes to addictive, uh, true, like real, true, strong, addic uh, you know, uh, physiological addictions, there's going to be like, uh, yeah, I miss the alcohol. I miss the narcotic. I miss whatever it is. Um, same thing with sin, right? Like um, yes. it's I'm, sin feels good. Objectively, sin feels good. Not afterwards. Afterwards, we're riddled with guilt and what have you and the results of it and the consequences of it. But in the moment, sin feels good. Um, and we realize that's going to have to go too. Yeah. Okay. So that awesome. That, that brings us to step seven. number seven. So step number seven says we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. We humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. So number six was we're entirely ready to God to have God remove all these defects and then number seven is we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. I don't know if you see the subtle difference. The subtle difference is one is like, I'm ready for it. And I realize the consequence of what that implies. And then seven is I actually ask him for it. Yeah. You open the door mm -hmm. in a way, right? Like you're like, um, I'm ready to let, no, not let you, but I'm ready to have this removed. So, uh, let's go. We're like in a way. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, I think uh, uh, you were talking about how we we were correlating this to confession, right? And it's kind of like once you're ready, 
you kind of like share it because mm-hmm. I think step five or one of those was mm-hmm. like you share it with someone else. Mm-hmm. We we're talking step about five. accountability. And step seven is like, okay, you shared it and now you're like ready to hear, okay, so what's going to happen and how do I remove this, right? Yeah. I don't know what eight is, but maybe it goes into that. But um, I think seven, that's what it means for me. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a way to kind of say this as abstractly as I can for myself, um, just because I'm not ready. (laughs) Um, And and I'm talking about something that happened like a good 10 years ago. Um, There was something that I hadn't confessed. And and in the moment, like now I look back on it and it was like, it wasn't that big a deal, but in the moment it felt okay, and it felt huge. Um, And there was this, there was like, I knew I had to go to confession. I knew I had to invite God. And, and I think to some degree I was ready to have to, to, what is it? Number six, ready to have God remove all these defects, but I didn't want to ask him for it yet. And so it reminds me of one of our favorite saints, Saint Augustine, Saint Augustine yeah. who says, give me chastity, but not, not yet. Not, right? Yeah. <laughs> he realizes that that's what he needs. He knows that that's what's missing and that, and that God is the only one that can kind of grant him to it. But, but there's this, there's this little line, like, right? I want to let go. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah I'm, like I'm ready and I know it's, I know, like, give me chastity. Like, so I want it. Maybe just like, not right now. Yeah. Right. And so when I was going through this little thing, um, I remember thinking, God, like, I feel so in, in private prayer, not in confession. In private prayer, I felt, God, I know that that's what I need to confess. And I know that I need to like put this out there. I need it. I need it to not be this internal secret that's just like bubbling up inside of me. But I. But again, like I wasn't ready to humbly ask him straight out for it yet. And so oddly enough, in my in my prayer, I was like, God, what what if you just like force it upon me? Yeah. I don't want to ask you for it. I'd rather you just force it upon me. So. I don't know, make someone find out, you yeah. know, even if make someone find out this terrible secret of mine, uh, again, it wasn't even that bad, but it was like in my mind, it was, horrible. Yeah, yeah. but make someone find out this terrible secret of mine and let me be humiliated and let me be, maybe I just need to hit rock bottom and maybe then I will have no choice, but to kind of follow this through because I wasn't ready to, to straight up ask him for it. I don't know if this is, I don't know if it's making any sense. It does because sometimes we're not ready to part ways with, with that, that something that's inside us. And then I love that you use, because I was listening to a podcast um, with Joaquin Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. So he was, he played the Joker. And Mm -hmm. so he's, he's a super quiet guy. Like if you see his interview, super awkward, doesn't like media much, like just, but he's actually being interviewed by his sisters Mm -hmm. and they were asking him about acting and about the joker and how fearful he was to get into this role but he that he learned one thing from someone and was that um you need to be humiliated sometimes to rid yourself of Mm. of some of that and gain some confidence in a way but like with you it's kind of like sometimes we don't want to share it but you you were asking like make someone find out like maybe through humiliation i get to yeah like and i don't think that that's what we so I'm not sure if I agree with Joaquin Phoenix, but, but I, but at least I think 
what I'm trying to say is like, is like I wasn't like doing it into, I didn't think that I had the strength to, to even ask for it mm. or I knew and it's not, I think I knew I didn't have the strength to ask for it in confession, in private prayer. I was willing to in private prayers, just me and God, I was, I was willing yeah, to say, like, God, this is what I need. So again, it's like, it, it made me think of St. Augustine, right? Like, it, it made me think of like, so like, give me chastity, Lord. And then in confession, be like, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, or, what, or what was the difference? What do you think was the difference there? The accountability piece? Maybe. Probably, yeah. right? Well, yeah. Because it's like, out I, there now. Yeah, because I, exactly. So I, I was, I was willing to entertain it on a, uh, only a mental Almost like you're level. not going to get given like it was responsibility. Just, it was just, it was just a conversation between me and God. And, and it, and I wasn't ready for it to manifest itself yeah. exteriorly. Um, and, and that's why I wouldn't ask him that. Yeah. yeah. I get it. <laughs> like I knew and I, and I was like, Lord, I know that that's what you want for me. And I know that that's what I should ask of you, but I don't want it yet. <laughs> or I'm too scared to get it or I'm, you know, whatever it is. Um, again, I wish I could just tell you what exactly yeah, yeah, what no, it was. No, no, but, of course. Yeah. But, but I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's seven. So seven is I'm ready. Uh, and to humbly ask. So to humbly ask. To, to humbly it. ask him to remove our shortcomings. I think humbly is like you're. Uh, I mean, you're just going there. You know, you're not the person that's going to remove this. You're just. And in a way, tienes que ser humilde. Like you are where the lowly guy in a way creature is. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to. And I think that that's why it has to be number seven. It could have been earlier because you haven't made that. Like until you've done the, the 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 longer process of analyzing it, and what was the word that it uses? Uh, made not just the inventory, but the the exact, exact nature, nature portion of it. Unless you've done that work, you don't realize how much of a hold it has over yeah. you and how powerless you are. And then so so then it's until you've done that, you realize, man, I'm at my wit's end. Like I'm I'm at there is no more rope, and I and you have and God, you are my only chance. Yeah. And so as you're pointing out, like, yeah, you don't come over here and say, hey, I'm the link. You're going to no. say, yeah, it's almost like, please, I really please, please, please help me with this. Yeah. So the humility, I think, up to when you've gotten to this point, yeah. you you yourself have brought yourself low. And that's what humility is, right? Bringing ourselves yeah. low and recognizing. It's like, it's like you go to rock bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah consciously yeah yeah yeah. exactly you you go to yeah yeah that's yeah. you climb down on purpose <laughs> cool yeah okay good uh so step number eight. eight uh is we made a list of all persons we had harmed and become and became willing to make amends to them all that, that takes me back to <laughs> live like you were dying the song uh -huh. where it says i gave forgiveness mm -hmm. that i've been denying yeah and, and you make amends the person. right and you make amends like and that's okay. I thought four was tough, which is was was four the one where you recognize and or you. Uh, I, I said it was tough because you know that you're not the person to fix it. You're recognizing it. That's three. When we made a decision to turn our will, that part. Yes, okay. that is challenging. But even more challenging is making in a way if we're doing the parallel thing and and you're. Okay, so so here we're gonna have a little distinction. Maybe we can do eight and nine together because okay. number eight is we made a list and became willing to make amends, and then number nine is the logical next step: we may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so 
would injure them or others. So the first one is to make the list it, again. So it's it's a it's a very methodical process, right? First, we gotta recognize who it is that I've wronged, um, and then if we realize that this is gonna be helpful for them, we make amends, right? So to talk about to 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 recognize sin, right? So this is something that that theologians across the board will agree on is that every sin has a uh, a, a a direct um, effect between on our on our relationship with God, but every sin has a social dimension. Every like single someone. sin, yeah, it's it's affecting someone else in our lives, whether we realize it or not. No sin is ever just me and God. I I, I that's actually something new for me. Like I hadn't heard it explained like that. That the social, mm-hmm. I've probably been aware of it, but this is something that it's actually for every sin. Yeah. Every sin has a social community. It's social. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's exactly right. And I'm glad we've already talked about in a a couple episodes back, we talked about the church has the mystical body of Christ, right? St. Paul talks about this, right? St. Paul says that what, just because the, I mean, if you stub your toe, does the body care? Yeah, it hurt because the whole body feels the, the, the pain of the toe, right? Um, and so we are interconnected um, as, 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 as all human beings, right? As a, as a mystical body, whether we're baptized or potential mystical members of the mystical body, because we could be or we're called to be baptized. Um, so we're interconnected. So my relationship with God affects my relationship with others and so hurts them. And eight is you actually come, you have to identify through our like in a, in a way we're talking about sin right but through our sin if we identify who it's hurting the nine is we make amends only if it's helpful to the person because if it's not you don't want to in a way open that can of worms yeah exactly like if if it's if it's not something that is directly impacting their lives then if it's if it's something that was secret or unknown to them. Um, Sometimes it could still be beneficial, right? If we, if if it's not going to devastate them, um, but if it but if you're able to, especially if it's something that's directly like they're they've been hurt by this, then to make uh, to to make proper you know amends. Yeah, can you make amends um, like um, in a way that says only if it's helpful? So sometimes you can make amends even if you don't um, reach out to that person. Say it again, like. In other words, it says you make amends with, the, I guess, the people that are listed, right? But uh, if it's helpful, but if it's not helpful, and let's say you are, you have someone in mind, or uh, mm-hmm. someone you've s- identified someone that yeah. was affected. Um, by. Can that person be, in a way, can make amends without actually talking to the person? That's kind of what I, it's saying. There. I mean, on, on a spiritual, yeah. a spiritual okay, way, got it. definitely, right? You can like so. I mean, let's pick up our our our. our um, are kind of very simplistic example that we've been using with coffee. Right? Okay. So if I have this addiction to coffee, and as we, as I mentioned, I think last time or maybe it was right now when we were talking about, okay, so if I'm really addicted to coffee, right, then that means that maybe my my sleep schedule is out of whack. Um, I'm irritable in the morning if I don't have coffee. Uh, maybe I spend exorbitant amounts on coffee because coffee can be can be a very expensive if if it's addictive and you're very specific on how you want your coffee um i've been wanting an espresso machine for a long time and that thing is 
super expensive. Yeah. Um, but like, so, so it can be very expensive. And so that might be affecting your family life, your, your, wow. your, 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 your family finances and stuff like that. So again, no sin is every sin has a social dimension, right? So if, if drinking coffee, it's not true, but because let's say it was a sin, but if, then, if, yeah. If, if, yeah, like, right. If, if coffee, drinking coffee was a sin, then yeah, it would be, this is how it would be, you know, secondary tertiary effects on, our family, on our relationships with others, maybe at work, I'm a jerk when I haven't had coffee. Um, or even when I do have coffee, maybe I'm like, I look at people like, because like, uh, you brought coffee from, you have Folgers, yeah, you have Folgers coffee. Gross. Yeah. You know, and so it can, <laughs> so it can, it can even be like in, in feeding other uh, sinful natures within ourselves or sinful um, habits. So it has this social dimension, right? So uh, what am I getting at? Yeah, because I said, like, do you have to go to the person to oh, make yeah, amends? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so to make amends to those people, like I could, you like, if you're, if it was, this was you, you could sit Cassie down and be yeah. like, look, I've realized that coffee is really yeah. affecting me. Um, and I've realized that, 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 that I spent, happened last you know, week. Like, I didn't no. realize I spent $3,000 on coffee in the year in last year alone. It could happen. <laughs> I don't think that I, I just threw that number you're out. You're like, it happened. I <laughs> just threw out that number. But now that I think about it, that would be about $10. Yeah. A little, a little less than $10 a day. And so it's not unhurt it's not it's not impossible i think three thousand oh, yeah, dollars could possible. very well it could very well someone that's like goes to starbucks every day yeah anyway um so like so you could sit her down and be like well this is how it's been affecting me like i've noticed that it whether we're conscious of it or not i've noticed that it affects you so you could make amends directly or you can say you know what like i if i just tell her this she's gonna feel attacked maybe because she also like kinda, it's not helpful or maybe like she also has that kind of that coffee thing right now and and so she's gonna feel attacked or maybe we're just not in a good place right now that that this particular sub topic is not going to be good yeah. for us right now and so that's where i think you have to kind of evaluate is this really going to be helpful or am i just going to like but spiritually you could make an amends but spiritually right spiritually or, or in a non tangible a less tangible way you can say like okay so i'm going to you know start removing coffee from my life and i'm going to replace it with um spending time with her and like the, the time that i would maybe again I, this isn't line. real but like this isn't real but like the time that i would selfishly like say no one talk to me until 30 i, I need 30 minutes of just coffee and me time you know um okay so then those 30 minutes now i'm going to um offer that for my family and use it time with my family or something like that. Yeah, like, no, again, no, I, this is an imaginary scenario. Yeah, but it clears it up. I, I think it's important because sometimes we might move through step uh, eight in a way we're going the parallel like journey here and we're identifying the people, you know, that we need to make amends with. We've decided to. And nine is you want to make amends with these people. And at sometimes it might not be helpful. It might not be fruitful. It might just be like, let go, have good thoughts and of it. Mm -hmm. And spiritually, like, align yourself, right? Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to kind of jump into that. Yeah, definitely. Easy. I think um, when it comes to, like, our, our, our sin parallels with, with addictions, I think that the takeaway for me is, again, that all of our all of our sins have this social dimension. Um, and so if I suffer from, you know, an addiction to pornography yeah. or if I'm just gossiping 24-7... Um, those are, those maybe, so those are pretty, so, so the gossiping is pretty obvious. Like who am I affecting? Well, the person I'm gossiping yeah. with, with and about, but even pornography, like we might say that, okay, so well, that there is objectively someone else 
in those videos um, that I oh, am, true. that I'm because of my contribution to this structure of sin, I'm essentially keeping them in that in that life, not exclusively me, but I'm contributing to that. Yeah. Um, but it's also affecting my relationship my, with, everyone else. with everyone else. Like, how do I uh, relate, show love, show, grow in intimacy with other people if I have this warped image of it or idea of it through pornography or something yeah. like that? Right. So I think that that's how we can, you can see, like, this social dimension of sin. And then we're... So that's nine, ten. That was nine. Uh, number ten... Uh, we continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. We continued to take personal in inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So it's almost like once you go through, in a way, right? We go through the journey, we identify, we decide, we surrender, we make amends. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like you reach a level, I get, I love the word awareness right but like you reach a level of awareness and now you have to be aware of it and continuously take inventory mm -hmm. that's how i see it right so once in a way i guess um the parallel with confession so once you go to confession you're kind of like you know how to move forward then we have to keep an eye on yeah on not falling back yeah i think that the the the, the simplest way i can kind of rephrase this for a sin topic would be that this is not a one and done thing yeah right it that that sin and addictions right do have a genuine power over us so it's not like okay good i got it out there and i i, I admitted it and you know i made amends and uh i've gotten a confession and whew, that's behind me all set well if anyone any of you that's ever been to confession again uh, usually people come in and be like oh, father it's the same thing as always yeah. right it's all because again, that's kind of the addictive nature of sin, right? There is something to use St. Paul's words. There is something with, I'm paraphrasing St. Paul. I should just memorize this because I use it all the time, but I have, I'm a terrible memorizer. Uh, but St. Paul says, you know, that there, um, that he wants to do the good, right? And avoid the bad, but there's something within him, something stirs within his bones. Um, and that, and, and then he, does the very thing that he hates right mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of our our broken humanity um it's it's part of our craziness right was that famous definition of insanity is doing, doing the, the same, same thing, thing expecting, expecting the, yeah, yeah right so results. so even though we know that that particular temptation is just going to lead us to misery and regret and guilt and a broken relationship etc it's a whole thing of if nothing changes, nothing changes. It's yeah. like, like someone has a quote and it's, yeah, nothing changes, nothing. So I guess being walking away from, um, and that's 10 steps in, right? And it's like, now just be aware. Now it's not a one and done. I, I love that too. Like, I, I don't think anything's one and done. Like mm -hmm. I, I, if I could try to pinpoint what's a one and done, I, I like, I don't think I can. I, there's no one and done. Maybe, I guess when you pay off something, it's like, but no, it's not. I don't know where that's, I'm trying to think of a one and Me done. Me too. Jesus dies once, once and for all. Maybe that's, and that's the truth. And that's like, the, <laughs> so you get me? So it's <laughs> boom. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah like the truth nothing. is one. Yeah, and yeah, done. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. So but, yeah, but, but everything else is pales in comparison, right? What's yeah. 11? Uh, number 11. 
my phone just uh, did it die no it didn't die it just oh. it uh, went to sleep it went sleepy <laughs> by okay so number 11 says uh, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with god as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out prayer and meditation for but only for the knowledge of his will for us and able to carry that out which is great because in step three we had to surrender. surrender and now it's kind of we're surrendering to god's will to get us through sin and then step 11 is that we actually pray for the knowledge of his will for us and again like last week we or the the episode i just posted on ritual we were talking about rhythm and how in prayer right like uh uh, you know it's different a different rhythm because uh, whatever we're experiencing in life but with this it tells me like even then when you do find time to pray that you're praying for just then the knowledge of his will rather than than what we want yeah yeah I, um we've had a lot of funerals lately because of um covid right the pandemic is real people whether you want to admit it or not um and it's still very much real. Yeah. Um, so we've had a lot of funerals lately. And there's a, there's this impotence that I feel, like this powerlessness. When I'm saying this funeral mass, and I know that people are in shock, right? And so I try to like, I try to like that. That, try, that helps me to kind of be a little bit more understanding. But what, like a good 70% of funerals or people that come to funerals, it's obvious that these people don't go to mass. Yeah. Um, they're there because someone, someone's so-and-so died and they feel bad about it and they're there and and they don't know how to respond at mass. And that's kind of the part that kind of drives me insane because it's like, the Lord be with you. Utter silence. You know, hasta con ganas de decir, and with my spirit, thanks, whatever. And just kind of answer <laughs> myself, which would be ridiculous. But, um, but there is this frustration that, that, as a priest, there is this frustration when people only turn to God in times of need, in times of desolation, when there's someone that died, when, uh, or because so-and-so is going to be, because I got asked to be a madrina or for baptism or whatever. It is frustrating, right, that we only think of God in certain times. So in the earlier steps, right, it was this realization, something's wrong, I need God, and so I turn to God, and that's good. God uses that, and, 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 um, and that's a that's a very much a normal movement of grace in the spiritual life. But I think what eleven is touching upon is is like okay, so you realize you were powerless, right? You realize that this particular in, in AA or NA or whatever, you realize that this particular thing has this power over you, and you were totally powerless, and the only one that could help you was God or What's the phrase that they use? As we understood them. As we understood. Uh, again, this is a program that's meant to be for um, everyone. For everyone. Um, so, so you realize that God is the one that's powerful and the one that's able to affect change in your life. The one that clearly did not judge you and did not condemn you for this weakness. But as you've demonstrated, as you've seen, experienced in your own concrete life helped you and nurtured you and brought you to sanity which was used in number two or whatever um you know it brings brings about healing in you then it's like so 
are you really just going to turn to him the next time you have a bad moment? Or are you going to, through prayer and meditation, improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry out? Is there, it doesn't use this word in here because that's not its goal, uh, AA, but is there gratitude, right? Is there this, this growing sense of, this growing awareness of how good God is and a desire to not just be there for what he can give me, but because of who he is, right? This is not AA, right? This is yeah, clearly, yeah, no, this yeah. is this is clearly like very much on 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 our side of the conversation, right? Is is where there should be if you've authentically gone through this process of acknowledging sin, there ought to be this profound gratitude, yeah, like you, which results in the expansion of the heart, yeah, yeah, because you went through. You acknowledged it, and then you willingly um, were ready, mm -hmm. and um, you make amends. And now, uh, in step eleven, you're—or not step eleven—but in what we're talking about here is you're actually now grateful and praying. And I, I want to continue this, like almost like, what's your will for me? Yeah, and being able to carry it out, right? Mm -hmm. What's twelve? If that's like we're already carrying it out, kind of like we're acknowledging that, you know, God as we. Under, or as we understand, as we understood it, as right? we understand, uh, as we understood him, yeah. yeah, as we understood him. Um, I'm surprised it still has him uh, yeah. in there. Eventually, we'll get rid of it anyway. Sorry. So, um, what's 12? Number 12 says, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So, you preach, yeah, you evangelize, you share, you share your experience, and you help others who are going through the same thing. Um, I, I think so, so having never been to an AA meeting or anything to that effect, um, it sounds like one of the, 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 the strengths of that kind of program is the solidarity and the openness and the sharing that happens at their meetings. Um, and I think, again, this is, we're talking about parallels here, right? So in the spiritual life, when it comes to sin, um, well, same thing for us. Like when we come together for mass, what's the first thing we do is I confess yeah. to almighty God, God and to you, my, my brothers and sisters, sisters right? Yeah. It's an acknowledgement to God and to each other that we are broken, that we have this need inside of us, that all of us for different, with different sinful, uh, tendencies or, or, or inclinations, all of us are in the same boat and that all of us are turning to God who alone can bring about healing and salvation in us. Uh, so there, so solidarity is just such a key, essential component of Christianity. And then you think in, in, in concluding these steps and the whole parallel thing, how we've been talking about, right, parallel with sin, and in sharing it with others, um, it, it, we're sharing our experience. Like it says, we've, we've completed the spiritual experience and you share with others. Mm-hmm. Right. So, having, yeah, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry the message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Yeah, I could see that. And I, I love that when we stepped in, when we when we step, when we started in step one, it was um, admitting um, and it's more like worldly, like it's on us. Mm -hmm. We're admitting it. And then step 12, you're actually concluding the spiritual experience. So you go from worldly to like spiritual, like you're you're awakened. It's mm -hmm. a spiritual awakening, right? 
Yeah. Not not experienced. So, and I could see um, at least. I think the founder of AA is Catholic, was Catholic. Yeah. I think I'm not entirely sure, but I, I, I had so. I had to come across uh, some of the the steps with. Um, I was reading a book on codependency. Mm-hmm. So and a lot of people like like um, have A and A A and A A A. Um, they, they, they like those those um those uh, uh both uh, what ideas or like they kind of like intersect but it's kind of interesting but um oh, what was i going to say so spiritual awakening um i think that's a good spot for us to get a question of the of the show and then sure. we'll come and wrap it up sounds good all right well since we're talking about since we've been using this as a as our as our kind of like a stock example um, coffee. Uh, I know that you drink coffee because I've seen you drink it. <laughs> um, and uh, so how do you like your coffee? And where do you, you get your coffee at, at Starbucks? Yes. So I, I'm going to just share. I love, this is not, this is not sponsored by Starbucks. By it's the way. not, it's not sponsored by anyone we're going to share, but um, 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 so I like coffee. It depends. So if I'm at home, I like coffee and we do the Keurig and it's just Pike Please coffee from Starbucks or the McDonald's actually. I would take the K-Cup from McDonald's over over the Starbucks one, but uh, uh, brew it if I'm at home and then it's the vanilla almond milk. Awesome. And then just one Splenda. That's what I'm drinking nowadays, right? Just, it tastes good. But if I have to drive out uh-huh. and I could recommend a coffee like the McDonald's coffee, it just, it's really good. Um, and it's just regular coffee. If I want to get, wake up and drink something stronger dunkin donuts like the americano mm-hmm. from there mm-hmm. really good um it's, it's just awesome and we have one dunkin donuts here in the radio and it's like the crew there is like pretty cool and it's awesome. a lot it's super far from me <laughs> yeah but but yeah that's that's how i like my coffee so i not too fancy right now actually i'm lying because yesterday um or two days ago um uh starbucks launched their fall like drink so i had a pumpkin, pumpkin spice. spice latte it was so good <laughs> but that's how i like it how do you like your coffee we could not be we could not be any different yeah uh, when it comes to our coffee because and i was thinking when, when he said this when i said that this was not sponsored by starbucks I'm, i thought in my head it's definitely not going to be stop, sponsored by starbucks after i say that i can't stand starbucks i don't like yeah. starbucks uh because i drink my coffee black no cream no sugar and I don't like their roast. I think that, and I've tried the different it's pie glaze like and the blonde roast, and I've tried the different roast, and I don't like their roast. It tastes bitter. It tastes burnt to me. So I don't like Starbucks. Um, I will agree that McDonald's coffee is bomb. Um, I've never had, and I also don't do Keurigs. Um, you don't? I'm espresso. I'm, I think that they're sinful. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that You don't know awful. what's inside the cup, right? Like, you don't know. In other words... Yeah, like well, when you yeah, see yeah. the ground coffee, if you right. make, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, if if I can, I'd rather get coffee from like a smaller, like a smaller roasting co- roaster company, and then I grind my own coffee here, and then I just use a, a, a regular, a not French, not drip coffee. Like I, a French I, press. I, I will do French press sometimes. I'm not. I, so one of my my sister has a brother-in-law. It's like he's married to. Her. My sister's husband's. I don't know. I don't know what that word means, but yes, sure. Um, But that guy like roasts his own coffee. Like he has like little. He weighs how much coffee. He has temperatures and stuff like that. So he's he's very like a a connoisseur of coffee. That's awesome. So that's really cool. I'm not that. Yeah, no, that's cool. 
I'm not that, but I, I, I do like just black coffee. So I don't do, I, Dunkin's is my go-to. That's what we have here at the house. And, and that's where we, it's just like a, the original like blend. A ninja, I have like a ninja coffee maker. Uh, and it's just like a regular coffee maker, except it can do one cup or half a, uh, a jarrita, what's it called? Uh, the pitcher. The, the pit pitcher um, and stuff like that. So that's how I drink my coffee, but I like it black and sugarless. And, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. I could do coffee. that. I could do that too, but I, I like I like the sweet. sweet but I also coffee. don't drink like uh well no, I do like a lot of coffee. Never do you drink uh you finished my my when I was sharing pumpkin spice latte. Do you drink pumpkin spice no. lattes? No. You don't? <laughs> no. You I don't like pumpkin them. spice anything. Yeah, they're really No, I've had them before. I, I've had all those things. Like I I I've tried different, you know, concoctions with this syrup and that syrup, but I just don't like sweet stuff, so none of that's gonna really appeal to me. Nice. So, so this is our random question of the day is just like our, our, our coffee. But I think that when I, the reason why I wanted to ask that co question is because I want to just be clear, right? We've been using coffee as this kind of straw man for pobrecito coffee, right? As if, as if it's the only addictive thing in our yeah. lives. It's definitely not because I would, I would say that gossiping is more addictive than, than, than coffee. Uh, I would say that, um, social media is probably more yeah. addictive than coffee for for some people right um so again I, I i so i wanted to ask that question to just to be clear that coffee is not evil it's not the it's not the bad guy here it's it's our inclination toward it and it's our it's our um it's 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 the it's our nature that that because of our weakness maybe kind of loses control to something that's 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 that doesn't really make sense for it to have that much control over us. Um, and so that's what we've been kind of talking about, this addictive nature of things. Uh, and in particular, we've been talking about sin, right? And how sin, sinful actions, sinful thoughts, sinful omissions, um, how they have this. I think that at the end of the day, that the, the, the thing that sparks this ability for us to have this parallel is that sin has that, um, pleasurable nature to it right there's something behind that that get, makes us feel good and you want to do it again and again yeah. and so again. it's it's hitting all those pleasure pleasure um whatever's in our mind in our in our in our in our brain right yeah um and and so does uh, legitimate uh addictions right no one no one realizing that they're spiraling out of control is thinking like, well, it's just, they, they, they just, they're looking for that high. They're looking for that good feeling and becomes more and more difficult to attain. Same thing with sin. Uh, sin tends to escalate and it create, and sin begets more sin. And it has this snowball effect where keep you, it's not enough to do this. I got to do something bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Right. So that has, there's another little parallel about sin and addictions. So that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about coffee and how yeah, evil no, it is because coffee is absolutely wonderful and, and beautiful and, and I love it. <laughs> no, and that's good. And I'm glad we, we kind of like uh, talked about the 12 steps and, and kind of the parallel with sin. I think for me, it was insightful. And um, I, even though we use coffee, I think we could substitute that for a lot of things and hopefully it goes to things yeah and and that's the kind of that and that's the invitation right is okay we've been talking about coffee but insert whatever it is that you're addicted to yeah. and and kind of try to follow the same 
you know, pattern of the 12 steps and kind of realizing like, okay, so how do I, how is it affecting me? How do I, um, you know, face it? And, and, and what are the steps to kind of like be freed from it? All right. So we'll end it on that note. Sounds good. Awesome. We'll, you'll hear us next time. Yeah. Peace. Cool. Peace.